Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Clio Talk. My name is Matt. And I'm RC. And uh, we have a, a pretty big story for uh, everyone today. I really know nothing about it. RC is being the one taking the lead on this one to figure out what exactly is going on. Yeah, um, this is, I, seeing as this is basically a, not breaking, but a news story, we're going to kind of forego our normal kind of news, unless you have any topics you want to talk about. Uh, I mean, the only topic I want to talk about is I went to a Royals game. Oh yeah, how was yeah. that? Uh it was I uh it was empty. Um mm-hmm. it was dollar dog night. I Hell pounded yeah. I pounded glizzies. Uh the Royals nearly got their asses handed to them and that they uh crawled back to tie it in the ninth and then blew it in the tenth. It that was a Bobby Witt Grand Slam, right? Uh no, it was not the Bollywood Grand Slam. Uh, it was. No, uh, I'm saying there was one, right? There was one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're, I mean, obviously you can figure out what game I went to. It was a Mariners game that went to extra innings in a the time where it just doesn't matter because the Royals aren't going to be able to do anything because they can't make the playoffs. Yes. Also, the place was entirely empty. I got a free t shirt and a bunch of dollar hot dogs. Did you just go sit down in like the front row? Uh, no, so, uh, we had tickets in, like, a pretty, like, okay spot, and, like, that gave us access to a lot of areas that we, like, wanted to be at, like, especially near the bathrooms and, and the hot dogs. Yeah. So, we just kind of, uh, hung out the in our... prime app. hot dog seating? Y- yeah, we, we got prime hot dog seating. That's good. That's um, always important. Yeah, and we were trying to go up the escalator, and, uh, I got on, and, uh, my, uh, girlfriend was, uh, behind me, and this old lady who was the usher... Basie stood and was like, no one can go on the escalator. No one. And I was riding the escalator. I was like, why, wait, why are you blocking her from getting on the escalator? And uh, it turns out it was because no one's allowed to ride the escalator during the national anthem. And I was uh, breaking the stadium rules. No one's allowed to ride the escalator during the national anthem. No, no. The, the, the ushers are supposed to stop people from riding the escalator during the national anthem. So you have to walk on the stairs during... No, no, they didn't turn it off. The, the usher, She was just blocking everyone. No, I mean, like, everyone you have to for... go take the... Okay. Like, I was still, I was on it, so I was breaking the rules, but That's apparently stupid. you're not allowed to let people go up the escalator during the national anthem. Can I, can I not ride an escalator and respect the United States at the same time? Just blocking the toilets. No one's allowed to shit during the national anthem. <laughs> so you have to leave the stall right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, so. Yeah, I guess we can just... So if you've been paying attention to the news at all, um, this is probably the biggest story to come out of Kansas. We're no longer talking about the Royals anymore. Yeah, this is that's what you call a hard transition. Yeah. Um, this is probably the biggest story to come out of Kansas since Hunter Larkin, because I've actually seen like actual like national outlets reporting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know how to start this. Effectively, last, last Friday, the 11th, uh, so I guess at the time we're recording this on the 16th. So last Friday, the 11th, uh, the Marion Police Department raided the Marion County Record, which is a local newspaper. And Marion is a small town of about 2,000 people, a little bit less, uh, just north of Wichita, just west of Emporia. In Marion County. Yep, Marion County. It's so small they kind of just share the whole county resources and all the towns and stuff. Yeah. Not, not that big, but... Uh, that kind of plays into. This is it like one thing. of those where it's like there's an official county seat for the county's like government like stuff is just spread throughout the county. Yeah, if yeah. they even have like actual government buildings. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this police department there's about seven seven six members total. There's a part timer, 
Uh, so, you know, they sent basically the entire police force to raid this guy's uh, newspaper. It's this guy and his mother co-own it. Um, and they got some employees, but, you know, it's just like a little smokel, smokel. Uh, local small newspaper, right? So it sounds really important, right? Mm-hmm. The entire police force is doing this uh, tandem raid on the newspaper office and their house. Okay. So now the backstory about this whole thing. We're going to kind of do backstory, and then I'll do, like, the actual story. Uh, the week before this happened, there was, I don't know what, some form of Republican event, I assume, like, a mayor race or whatever, just some form of, like, primary event being held at a small local restaurant Yeah, uh, owned by one Carrie Newell. She kicked out the Marion County record who were there to report it for undisclosed reasons, probably, I can... Assume she just probably does not like them because it's a small local town. They're the only real journalistic outlet. She's owns a restaurant. She's trying to get the restaurant started. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new restaurant. Um, it doesn't even have a location on Google Maps yet. So uh, you can imagine for whatever reason she doesn't like him, she kicks him out. A few days later, mm-hmm. this guy who runs the newspaper gets a tip that this Carrie Newell lady... Uh, had a DUI back in 2008, got her license suspended, and then was driving with a suspended license. Is is Carrie Newell who I think it is? Who do you think Carrie Newell is? The reincarnation of Hunter Larkin, our <laughs> favorite weird Kansas Republican connection. I've been trying to find a connection. I haven't found one so far, but they, they do live close by, and they do uh, apparently drive under the influence. But... Yeah, no, the, the Marion County record receives this tip, um, and then they, obviously, you know, they're journalists. They're mm-hmm. like, well, this is kind of interesting. This, these guys just kicked this out. They were driving with a suspended license. They're a small business owner in our small town. They just opened up a restaurant. They're trying to get a liquor license. This would impact their ability to get a liquor license. So the first thing they do is they verify if this is correct. I, They haven't said what... The, the newspaper hasn't said what was sent, but I presume it was a copy of their driver's license or something because they were able to go on the Kansas Department of Revenue website and check if you have a suspended license or whatnot, check like kind of your driving history, DUI, mm-hmm. which I also tried to do, and you need the license number. So I presume in some way or fashion they had the license driver's license number for Carrie Newell because that's what you have to have, which obviously I don't have her license, so I can't look that up. So they get that tip, they look that up, and then they report it to the police because they verify this is actually real, this is actually information. And the newspaper decides this isn't noteworthy enough. We're going to report this to the police because somebody, we don't know who gave us this information. It's obviously private information, Mm -hmm. and we'll just tell the police about it, you know, let them take care of it. Because if she was driving with a suspended license, that's the police's problem. You know, they can do whatever. Plus, it was 2008 that this was from. Yeah. So it's not really that relevant of a story yet. Okay. So there you go. That's the story. So it's, I mean, it seems pretty like cut and dry, like rural Kansas type deal where there's just a person who's trying to start a business who uh, made mistakes in the past. And yeah. uh, somehow, some way, someone gave the license or license number to the newspaper yeah. and uh, they didn't do anything with it other than give it to the uh, police, which yes. n- nothing seems out of the ordinary other than receiving the mm-hmm. license yeah. number. But, I mean, but you know, they told the police that they, yeah. Uh, and if you're a newspaper and somebody sends you like bank account information, yeah. criminal things, that's what you do. You send it to the police, you know? Yes. That's what 
like like the BTK and all that stuff. He's sending like letters to the police or to the newspaper, the mm-hmm. Wichita Eagle. So they send it to the police and like, hey, what do we do? That that's just what you do. Or the, the Pentagon Papers. Yeah. Yeah. So then a week later, uh, the police raid, as we said earlier, the newspaper's office. They mm-hmm. raid the newspaper owner's house. Uh, and yeah, they seize what, what, his computers. What, what, why did they decide to raid the house? Well, see, he committed identity theft, according to the police. That was what was on the search warrant. Mm. Least. They charged him with uh, identity theft. And so they were able to seize all relevant materials to the identity theft, as in any computers it might have been on. Anything like that. So, yeah, the Marion County record now, Friday the 11th, has had their offices raided, their house raided, all their electronics have been seized, any flash drives, any passwords. Uh, so, yeah, their sales computer is gone. Just anything that might have potentially had this information on it. Now, as we've kind of but, made... But, okay, yeah. even if you didn't receive a license number... um. I think it's potentially possible to find someone's records, especially if you committed a crime in public in from 2008 through records, unless it was, it was a public website that that was part of it was they were charged, I believe with some measure of, I, I don't have the search warrant pulled up, but it was some measure of identity theft and also like, illegally accessing materials which was the department of revenue website which is publicly available like yeah. they didn't hack in anything which is what the allegation sounds like now identity theft law in the state of kansas if you're not fully acclimated with that we have the law up everyone yeah it's a 21-6107 i don't know how to say it like it's like kansas statute or whatever mm-hmm. it's uh like section 21 i think anyways so it's effectively i'm just gonna read this real quick Identity theft is obtaining, possessing, transferring, using, selling, or purchasing any personal identifying information or document containing the same belonging to or issued to another person with the intent to defraud that person or anyone else in order to receive any benefit or misrepresent that person in order to subject that person to economic or bodily harm. And then identity fraud is using or supplying the information person knows to be false in order to obtain a document containing any personal identifying information or altering, amending, counterfeiting, making, manufacture, or otherwise replicating any document containing personal identifying information with the intent to deceive. Uh, identity theft is a, you know, it's, it's a not a felony, it's a misdemeanor unless you do fraud, in which case it is. Uh, you know, severity level eight. I don't know what severity level eight is, but it's presumably higher than severity level five. Um, so effectively, basically, just if you acquire those documents or whatever. Now, getting sent those documents and then forwarding to them to, to the police is not uh, a violation of this because there is the thing there that you have to have intent to deceive. Yeah, intent to deceive. You have to actually intend to misrepresent that person or subject that person to bodily harm, which uh, and receiving an email and then forwarding that email to the police is not a violation of. It's almost like if you witness any crime, you can't be charged with that crime because mm-hmm. you're a witness to it. And as long as you like use the proper steps and inform the police, yes. there shouldn't be any issue with that. Unless there's a massive cabal of people who are all uh, trying to cover up their DUIs. Yes. So, okay. So, yeah, she's charged with the DUI. They've now raided this newspaper. They've effectively shut it down. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where he starts to get the the owner. I 
I don't know how, but I don't have his name pulled up. I can't find it. Give me one second. Uh, I will find it. I've, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, this is... Anyways, the owner, uh, he basically gets in contact with local news resources like the Wichita Eagle, uh, KSHB 41 Action News, and Kansas City, basically just larger outlets. Or the more relevant one, the closer to his place, Kansas Reflector, who is the first ones to break this story. This is... Yeah. They're the ones who break the story. They're the ones who are the first ones to report. And Eric Meyer, who's the owner, and his uh, mother, Joan Meyer, uh, just kind of actually start getting the news out. Mm -hmm. And this is where you, listener, might have heard about this because the New York Times picks up on this. You know, AP picks up on this. For whatever reason, journalists across the country don't particularly like when there's a, you know, random raid to shut down a local newspaper. They're not, they're not big fans of that. Especially in the mid it is to a New York times reporter, the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Kansas. Mm -hmm. Because you know what this looks like is this looks like a police department trying to shut down a journalist. They don't like, mm -hmm. which is, you know, arguably exactly what is happening. Anyways. So they get that. They, uh, they start to push back, right? They request according to Kansas law. Also, when you get a search warrant after, you know, you get a signed affidavit that has to be filed with the county clerk along with the application. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you get the search warrant issued. It's signed off by a judge. It has to be dated and signed. And then the one, if it's requested, the affidavit has to be released and they have a 10 day limit to basically, they have to release it within 10 days. They have to redact everything or whatever. Yeah. And that's, they, they immediately request that, right? Cause it's like, okay, why did we get a search warrant? Where the day of, they were basically like, oh, we don't have an affidavit filed in the system. Like, there's nothing, there's no affidavit. But they do have the search warrant, which is the same as the search warrant application, which is kind of weird because normally the application would look different, but it looks like it's the exact same um, thing, the, 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 the same document. They didn't file an application and a search warrant. They just had a search warrant, which is kind of weird. And there's no affidavit at this time. There might be an affidavit. Uh, later, but I, I, I haven't seen any reporting of there being one, and I haven't seen any reporting. Granted, the, the, the like legal side, the, their attorneys gotten involved, and I think their attorneys made them kind of stop giving out a lot of this information, the newspaper. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's starting to, get to become a national news story, uh, identity theft, and then we get more stuff trickling out. Like, um, the police chief is new to this community, right? I believe he did come from uh, the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. Yeah, Gideon Cody, which, yeah. Which is weird to go from a major well-funded police department to go be the chief of a department of six people. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess his, it, it, his it, story it, is he's kind of like retiring from the big city. Yeah, you know? it, that's, if that's... you really want to be a police chief, I understand. Yeah. It, it's just weird to leave a major city police department and move to a county police department in the middle of Kansas, yeah, three and a half hours away. Because in order to be a KCPD officer, he had to be a resident of Jackson County, or mm -hmm. a, a resident of the uh, city of Kansas City, Missouri itself, yes. in any of its outlying counties. Um, so he's moving from potentially Jackson, Platt, um, Clay County, wherever he was living, in Missouri, mm -hmm three and a half hours away, potentially four hours away, to Marion County, Kansas, which could be night and day compared to living in Kansas City, to go be a police chief of a six-person police department. Yes. Which, again, there's nothing 
I, I mean, you, people you, people do things. You, you, people you, do things. You're allowed to do weird you're career to do shifts. If you, want, I, if you want to go live in a small town, you I, know, I've like, applied to jobs in Antarctica before. Yeah, but there's nothing weird about that. But there is specifically something weird about the timing of the Marion County record has come out and said they were starting a story on their brand new chief of police who came from Kansas City. You know, mm-hmm. and they were saying. They haven't released this because obviously they were in the middle of writing a story about this and then their computers got seized and presumably they want to publish the story they were writing and not just like speculate and let other people have the story they were writing like KSHB 41. They probably want to be the ones to publish it. Yeah. So obviously the story hasn't come out because they don't have access to their research materials and I don't know what the story will be. But regardless of that, they were writing a story on Gideon Cody and they had started to contact people in Kansas City, you know, like the HR manager, other employees of the Kansas City Police Department, that you know, like regular journalistic stuff, asking mm-hmm. him questions. Hey, who is this guy? He's our chief of police. Now, presumably, this is speculative, Gideon Cody might have heard about this. Presumably, some of the people they contacted probably knew Gideon, and mm-hmm. maybe after they get a call from a local reporter, they might text Gideon hey this guy called asking about you you know Uh, whatever now again this is speculative but I think maybe if you get a call like that and maybe there's something you don't want impacting your current job or potentially future jobs you might look at that and go hey we got this tip from these guys they have this business owner we don't like's information Maybe we can just uh, justify, you know, shutting mm. down the shutting down the newspaper. You know, technically, technically they have. If you don't read into the law anymore, technically they have possession of somebody else's identity documents. Mm-hmm. So technically, they might have committed identity fraud. Maybe, but I mean, it's a small town newspaper. Nobody's going to care about them, right? Speculatively, yeah. This is all just me. <laughs> So, speculatively, nothing would become of note if you just simply raid and take all their computers. Yeah, because they don't have any computers. Their sales computers are gone. They're all of a sudden not able to make a living. So, yeah. I mean, you, listener, have you heard of Marion County before? No. No. I I may be on the, like, weather. Yeah. Maybe. I've looked up the Kansas license plate code. I think I get them confused with Merriam, which is a different place. Which is a uh, Johnson County suburb. Yeah, Merriam, Kansas. Uh, I would have probably seen it on the list of uh, Johnson County County names for license plates. For people who don't know, uh, fun fact about Kansas, uh, your county is posted in a little two-letter code on the corner of your license plate. So if you're ever curious on where people are from, you can learn the codes Mm -hmm. and figure out where people are from. And I've looked up the list a few times. Yes, but I okay. haven't made note of Marion County's note. That's that, that's a complete sidebar. Okay, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's that's what this thing is made out of. Yeah. Okay. Now another sidebar into federal law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have the Privacy Protection Act of 1980. So the Pentagon Papers, right? Mm-hmm. They're basically somebody leaked documents to, you know, New York Times. What? Was New York Times or Washington Post? Washington Post was the Nixon stuff. New York Times was the Pentagon. Papers, uh, I think um, Deep Throat was the Washington Post. Yeah, because because New York Times sued the federal government. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, the Pentagon Papers. It, it, 
Sorry, uh, has the Chicago, Chicago Tribune been involved in a major scandal? Because I know, like, the Boston Globe's been involved yeah, in yeah, one. Yeah, the Chicago Tribune, the Tribune building has yeah. got all those, like, little bits and pieces of different buildings in the outside. Yeah. Because when they would send their reporters to, like, Egypt to report on something, they would take, like, a piece of the pyramid, and then they'd put it in their building. So they got in a lot of trouble for some of that, because they got um. some... Uh, some things that they weren't supposed to because a reporter just kind of like pocketed a rock from like the Great Wall of China and stuff or, or took so, a piece of the World Trade Center and stuff. So the Boston Globe has spotlight. New York Times has the Pentagon Papers. Uh, the Washington Post has uh, the Watergate and the Chicago Tribune has stealing random artifacts from around the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like pieces of the Taj Mahal. Like yeah. literally almost every single major like historical building. We've got a piece of it in their wall that you can just kind of walk up and touch. And they didn't, I don't think, maybe the World Trade Center one is the only one that they got permission for. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but yeah, they had a piece of the Berlin Wall too. Wow. That was cool. They probably got permission for that one as well. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone wanted it anymore. Yeah, exactly. They were kind of tossing that one out. Yeah. But uh yeah, so the Federal Privacy Protection Act of 1980 effectively came into effect after the Pentagon Papers and effectively solidified in law what the Pentagon Papers did, which was they got, I mean, they illegally got documents sent to them by a whistleblower uh, about the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. but the New York Times then published those documents. And yeah. the federal government basically sued, tried to arrest them, tried to shut down the publication because it's like, look, you received these documents that are classified illegally, so you can't publish them. Supreme Court says, okay, you can go after the guy who leaked them because they committed a crime, but the New York Times just received these documents, you know, and they believed it was in the public's interest to know about this. Like, they don't have any obligation to tell the federal government, hey, we're going to publish this story damning of you because they have a First Amendment right to publish stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. If I throw a letter in their window, they can publish that letter. They don't have to give it back to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if I throw the letter in their window and I'm, like, jaywalking, I can still get caught for that, right? Like, I'm the one committing the crime, not the New York Times, by receiving the documentation. Yeah. So, effectively, the Privacy Protection Act puts that into place and also puts into place that you can't, like, just raid a newsroom so you, you have there's a there's another level right a normal search warrant does not apply when it's like kansas city star right you have to get a specific subpoena which has like a slightly higher level of uh requirement it, you can't have a judge basically just sign off on a friday evening on a search warrant for a newsroom you have to get a subpoena from like a higher court and like specifically detail this is exactly what we're looking for and stuff because this act also doesn't protect the newsroom if the newsroom is actually participating in the crime, right? So what you're saying is if I steal someone's ID and email it to my local newspaper, I have committed a crime, but my newspaper receiving this information, they are not committing a crime by receiving that email and looking at it. I'm speculating... Again, none of us are lawyers speculative mm -hmm. i'm not a lawyer i'm not a newsman i don't know what i'm talking about but if i were to be carrie newell's husband who is currently divorcing carrie newell and if i were to send a newspaper that my wife just kicked out uh documents that would make her look bad that also might uh stop her from getting a uh, pretty liquor license, liquor license yes, which is a pretty for her profit, business profit if i were to send her that thinking, hey, this small local guy probably is mad at her, he's definitely likely to publish that, mm -hmm. then potentially uh, that would be a crime. Yeah. But 
being the newspaper and giving it to uh, the police is not. Man, I love when small town Kansas drama becomes national news. Yes, <laughs> because that that's my personal belief. I think Carrie Newell's husband is kind of the instigator, but I don't think speculatively. Speculative, we are not accusing anyone I'm of I'm not any accusing crime. anyone of anything. I'm not even saying anything. I don't even know who these people are. This is all in Minecraft. But yeah, that, that that's potentially what might have happened in this regard. But then the police took that and looked at it as a, oh, we can shut down this newspaper that may or may not be doing a story on our police chief or may or may not have done things. I don't know. Who is That's the, the, only the ju- who is the boss of six people, one of which is a part-time officer, which I can't imagine being a part-time police officer. Yeah. But that that that's the only that that is and maybe there's some other things that will come out because this is a current ongoing story, but that yeah. is the only explanation for their actions that necessarily makes sense because I don't know why you would go this far to violate law just to shut down a news place. That's I mean, it, it's never, it's not going to work. Like, like Wichita's right there. The Eagle, Kansas City's right there with Kansas City Starcase, HB 41, what, what is Fox the, 4, what is KMBC. The, what is the, the, the Hutchison Post or whatever mm-hmm. would probably catch on to that as well. I mean, Salina. Salina. Emporia. Or, you know, the, the a uh, pretty big factor of uh, these major, like, criminal conspiracies uh, who might catch on to it is called the KBI. Yeah, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, investigation. who, you know, you don't even need to escalate to the federal level because Kansas, I'm not sure if every state has this, but Kansas does have another level of statewide policing other than just the highway patrol. They're an investigative body who, if you were to, say, commit identity fraud Mm -hmm. and you're a small local town who doesn't necessarily have the resources to investigate identity crime that's why the kbi exists so you can punt this to them so when you uh devote your entire county's police department uh to doing this investigation uh to potentially cover up some stuff the state troopers can do the day-to-day work and the kbi can investigate stuff like identity fraud or uh illegally seizing items from a (laughs) reporter yes which, by the way, so Jessica McMaster is the main reporter I've been using from KSHB 41 for all of this. She's terrific. She's in. She's been in Marion County. She's been driving there almost every day. So definitely go to her Twitter. Go to her reporting, all that stuff. We're going to link up it below. Is, it, she's it, it, it really is Jess McMaster channels. KC on Twitter. Yeah, we will link it below. She's been like incredible in this whole thing, just going down there, supporting them. They finally published a newspaper for the first time since the raid today. Mm-hmm. They managed to basically borrow some Hutchinson printers to print their newspaper. Uh, but anyways, so she tweeted out um, today, this is breaking, as of 1237, that the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, after they took the case on Monday, uh, decided, and I will quote here, at present time, the investigation remains open. However, we have determined in collaboration with Marion County Attorney that the investigation will proceed independently without review or examination of any of the evidence seized on Friday, August 11th. Uh, we will work with the Marion County Record or the representative to coordinate the prompt return of all seized items. And once our investigation concludes, we will present findings to the Marion County Attorney for review. Effectively, they decided this is not worth our time. This is not actually a crime. We're going to give the Marion County Record all of their computer backs without even reviewing them. There's not even a review necessary. And the investigation is continuing because I believe they are investigating the police. I believe that is the only crime that has been committed along with whoever sent the documents to uh, the Marion County record. Now, Matt. Yeah. Um, for one, I don't know if this is relevant, but there was reporting that the judge who approved the search warrant 
on Friday night uh, also has a history of DUI arrests. That sounds kind of, to me, not relevant. I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's the, the maybe the angle for this is that she was maybe, you know, oh, she feels bad. She's had DUIs before, so she's, you know, trying to help go after these reporters, these small town to, bullies. Or, or to be completely honest, uh, like simplest solution uh probably signing search warrants is uh the most boring part of being a judge and you're you basically you get a big stack and you're just like what is this fine yeah. what is this fine what is this fine and just keep signing stuff yeah and and she's like she was appointed january 1st she's barely been in the job she's obviously i mean she's an established attorney and yeah. she's able to get a judgeship so she's like no slouch but I would almost guarantee that she did not actually probably pay that much attention to the uh, search warrant because I don't know how she would have possibly approved this if she had actually known or thought about it or read it. Or, or probably read it as investigation or identity fraud. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, do, identity do. fraud or whatever. Okay, yeah. They must have slam dunk evidence if they're coming to me for this. And yeah. she might not have realized, despite being a judge, that this one obscure law from 1980 um, is makes it like, you know, Federally or or might have not realized this. that it was like the actual newspaper office because it was probably once again like you got a big stack. It was the newspaper warrants. office and the house. Yeah. So she might have just seen the house, but I don't know. It's all speculative. But okay. So or, or it said raid this person's office and house. Yeah. I don't know if this federal law has a is a misdemeanor or a felony because I don't remember. But we're also not lawyers. We are not I'm professionals. Not but okay. If I rob a bank. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm robbing a bank, right? I'm committing a crime. Um, and you're in the line and you have a heart attack. Yeah. And you die. I didn't touch you, right? Yeah. I'm just robbing the bank. But you died probably because I'm robbing the bank. You can get charged with manslaughter or murder or, you know, anything like that. Because mm -hmm. I indirectly caused your death. Yes. The stress of my action influenced your heart attack in some way, so you're guilty. Yes. Like that that's just that's how the law works. So uh Joan is his mother who co owns the newspaper, who lives with him, you mm -hmm. know, he moved in with her to help because she's ninety eight years old. Yeah. Uh died Friday or died Saturday, the day oh, after no. the raid. Yes. She died uh, of a heart attack. The day after her newspaper and her home were raided by the police. I am not saying that. Um, I'm speculating. That, that the heart attack was induced. I'm not saying it was caused by anything. I'm not saying anyone's at fault. But I'm saying if you're in the commission of a federal crime, i.e. raiding a newspaper office illegally in violation of the you know, Privacy Protection Act of 1980, mm -hmm. and somebody dies because of your actions... I'm just saying that in other cases that I, I know how it works is if you're in the commission of a crime and somebody dies, even if you didn't kill that person, uh, like uh, the, the police officer who was shot to death in the quick trip the other day is yeah. another example from Kansas. Uh, basically, two people stole a car. They are driving the car crazily, whatever. Yeah. You know, police officers are in pursuit. They crash the car into a quick trip, go into the, the it's a man and a woman. They mm -hmm. each go into the respective bathrooms. Uh, the man has a gun. Police officers go in. The man shoots one of the officers to death. The other officers, the other officer shoots him to death, right? That was a fairway cop, right? Yes. Okay. I, uh, the woman is being charged for the officer's murder. 
She was in a different bathroom, but yeah. because it was in the commission of a crime, she stole a car, she was running in, and somebody died. You know, she, guy shot the officer. She's guilty because her actions led to that person's death, whether she directly caused it or not. Well, she's not guilty until a court of law finds her guilty. Yeah. But Example uh, she's being charged with a yes. crime because uh, the legal system determines that. Yeah, this is why we're not good reporters. Yeah, I mean, she's not guilty of anything yet. She yeah. deserves her day in court. Innocent until proven guilty. But is being charged with the... Uh, she is being charged with it, yes. Yes, because she was uh, involved in the mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Yeah, appropriate of nothing. If you yeah. if if you were to be committing a federal crime and somebody were to die as a result of that crime you're committing, which is you know flagrant violation, if it were to happen that way, then you know you could be held responsible. You know everybody involved in the commission of that crime could be held responsible. Um, everybody who you know illegally raided an office uh, could potentially be held responsible. Ah, uh, but so this hypothetical scenario we're talking about. Uh, that if you haven't picked up on uh, is saying that maybe the police department of Marion County uh, hypothetically, this uh, is all just my speculation. I am not a reporter. This is not a legal entity. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving financial advice, but yeah, but they are, they are police officers. So will they ever be charged with this? Probably not. I, this is all based off of publicly available information and, you know, reporting by multiple news agencies. That's where I'm basing all of this from. This is all just factual information I'm reporting based off of other people's work. <laughs> yes. So. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thank you, Jessica Master. Uh, I thought about messaging to see if she wanted to come on, but she's way too busy for that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I'm sure there's more important institutions that yes. <laughs> isn't she a podcast. Incredibly busy right now with everything. Yeah. I am sure there are more important people than a uh, random podcast that focuses on Kansas City uh, to talk yes. to her. But, you know, so far it's been going okay. They've gotten the computers back. Uh, the attorney has it. They're going to make a copy, uh, and then they're going to have a forensic team, an independent forensic investigator, go through the computer and basically just see if anything was modified. Ooh, I'm curious if anything was modified. Mm-hmm. So the Marion County record is basically paying. Well, I guess they're not probably paying. I think the in- is there a GoFundMe? I think the ACLU took it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're basically rolling the whole thing. ACLU and I think the New York Times basically just bankrolling the whole thing. Mm. But uh. Yeah, they, uh, they're they effectively going to see if there any, anything was modified, deleted, or removed, or whatever, uh, and then go from there, because they could potentially sue. I don't know, maybe. But it's also the police, so I guess we'll yeah. be the ones paying for that if they do sue. Also, like, how much money is even in the Marion County government coffers? Uh, about, well, they their annual budget's about $36 million. Um so they've taken about $12 million in tax revenue. Hmm. They spent about $700,000 in the police, $550,000 on personnel. So that's how much there, there's what? Seven members. Yeah, well, you, there's, you, there's the sheriff, the undersheriff, three police officers, one of whom is part time. And there's, um, uh, Gideon Cody, who's the chief of police. So, and then one administrative staff. Yes. And, uh, so they get $500,000. So you can presume they probably make about like $80,000 a year ish. Yeah. Probably, you know, probably the sheriff and the chief of police probably get paid closer to like 120 yeah, ish based and, off of 
the publicly available uh, budget information I right. looked up last night. And, and then the part-time guy and the administrative people yeah, are probably making fun. like less. I will say they do spend about $70,000 on vehicles every single year the past three years. I don't know what's up with that, but apparently they bought a brand new car every single year. Uh, the, the police department or the county in general? Yeah, the police department. Well, I mean, buying a new cruiser, I don't know how much Ford is charging these days for those explorers, but... Yeah. Um, I guess that would make sense. I just thought it was interesting because it's like I figured there's, you know, six members that probably only have like three cars, but they're buying a new one every single year for the past three years. Unless they're trying to completely replace their fleet. Yeah. They but it is slowly because I'm not, it Ford's charging 70 grand for a uh, Explorer police package. I guess they don't really do like used, like, like other, like the Cedric County police, you know, Cedric County can't give Marion County their used Explorers. Yeah. Because that just doesn't work like that. Even though you'd figure it's got 100,000 miles on it, Marion's only so big, so they can't possibly put that many more miles on it uh, compared to patrolling Wichita. Right? In, from my understanding of police vehicles, the main thing you got to look out for is idle time because your engine is, unless you're a hybrid, your engine's still running. Yeah, the pistons are still moving while you're idling. On, yeah. Uh, so basically when you see your local cops sitting in a parking lot for six hours, that's an exaggeration. I'm sure they probably do more driving than that. They're still putting wear and tear on that engine sitting in the parking lot with the car running. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, well, the, okay. This is obviously a changing story. Mm -hmm. uh, you can follow our Twitter account. I'll probably be retweeting. I've been very invested in this. I'll probably be retweeting anything if there's new updates or whatnot. We might like tweet some stuff out. Definitely follow Jessica McMasters if you're interested. She does pretty good reporting here, but it is very local. Yeah, we don't. The New York Times, you know, is kind of like a national news outlet. Most of ours here are just kind of local, and then they aggregate stuff from the companies that own them like the casey star is not a local company it's owned by the mcclatchley group yeah we just kind of aggregate stuff from their other stuff so it's not that good um but uh yeah and definitely follow that if you're interested we, we might if, if there's anything cool that happens we might do a part two to this one like if the police department gets you know like racketeering charges or something cool like that or I, I was reading about like the rampart scandal in los angeles because i was looking up rico charges appropriate of nothing that happened this week yeah um yeah there's, there's totally not a reason to look up rico charges yeah. at all especially yeah. if you are curious in uh, georgia state law and rico yeah no 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 reason in particular yeah but uh yeah no i mean if you want updates like that we, we might do an episode two if something happens with like the kbi's investigation or whatever but we'll keep you posted on our twitter we will. Uh, that is at Cleo History. Yeah. Um, and you can email us at cleohistorypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you uh, want to have a bit of input, uh, we have some uh, two potential episodes that I am juggling around uh, oh, in my mind. Uh, you do. One, we have a uh, man who is uh, decently trained in statistics and economics to talk about uh, uh, tax structures. Ooh, that if you're, sounds interesting. If you're, if you're curious in that and exploring uh, tax structures and ways to uh, manipulate the financial budgets in order to uh, uh, incentivize more transit usage, okay. uh, we have that episode. Or we have uh, Casey Mob Stories Part 3. Yes. Uh, if you're curious, you can DM us on Twitter. I think our DMs are open. Or you can email us. Uh, I will say, for whatever reason... The true crime, like the, the Casey mob stories are very popular with um, the ladies in our, in our statistics. 
That's what I'll say. D- d- don't, don't don't tell. What I'll, no, no. What I'll say is, uh, this is also a true crime story potentially. Yeah. So there you go. If we, you know, if you like it, uh, follow local journalists. And please stop emailing saying that we sound the same. We don't sound the we same. We don't sound the same. We're two different people. Yeah, we are two different people. Stop emailing us, please. Okay. Well. All right. That that's, that's it. The uh, bye, guys. Yeah. Bye.